Michael Swickert here. Welcome to Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili, boy is it good. It's from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, the chili capital of the world. We were talking the other day at coffee. Yes, I do like coffee, and that's where many of my stories start, at coffee. The topic, it was a comparison of New Mexico ranchers, and here I'm speaking of cattle ranchers, and New Mexico farmers. And here I'm speaking about commercial crop farmers such as chili, cotton, alfalfa, and the like that is shipped to market each year. What's the commonality? Well, the number one commonality is the tie between the two that both work seven days a week and do not work off a clock. Both have to have a lot of faith in the process. Faith really helps since both ranching and farming tempts fate to disaster many times every year. It is always just right on the edge at times. Now, since I drink coffee with these people, it means they don't work all of the time. Rather, they do work pretty much every day. They get up early, they work late, all that kind of thing. Now, those that have animals such as cows, well, milk cows, you know, those must be milked twice a day. At my grandpa's ranch, which was south of Carrizoso, that milking time was set to about 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. for the cow to be milked. We only had one. But also the animals had to be fed and watered twice a day. Now there's another commonality between ranchers and farmers. Both are heavily invested in agricultural research. Since to be competitive, both ranchers and farmers must have very efficient and effective practices, and they have to work this all the time because uh, everything is always changing. The profit margins in agriculture are thin, and the dangers to herds and crops, well, friends, they are many. And here is the real commonality. You and I may need a lawyer once in a while, hopefully not, and you and I may need an accountant occasionally, and you and I may need a doctor from time to time, but friends, you need the rancher and the farmer three times a day. You know those times? It's called breakfast, lunch, and dinner. A birthday celebration was in order for the great state of New Mexico this last Saturday, January 6th. It was the 112th birthday of our state. Now, back then, 112 years ago, it was also a Saturday in Washington, D.C. at 11.30 a.m. when President William Howard Taft sat down amid many dignitaries to sign the Presidential Proclamation 1175, which was admitting New Mexico into the Union. New Mexico had gone 61 years and four months as a U.S. territory trying to become a state. Mostly it was the lawlessness in New Mexico and also corruption that stopped statehood time and time and time again. This was especially so, you would you'd know the time, in the 1870s when there was the Lincoln County Wars. Actually, there was two of them, one in 1873 and one in 1878. The one Young Guns was made from was 1878. It's interesting that many New Mexico leaders thought that New Mexico, the territory, would become New Mexico, the state, 
Ten years earlier, when Theodore Roosevelt became the president of the United States, uh, he was the vice president, and President McKinley died from an assassin's bullet and bad doctrine, but that's another story. There was a special bond New Mexico had with Teddy Roosevelt, and that was because of Teddy Roosevelt's rough riders in the Spanish-American War, a lot of them from New Mexico. But at that time, Congress wasn't sold. Finally, the stars aligned and the people all signed on, and New Mexico became the 47th state in the Union. So we want to say, happy birthday, New Mexico. Have some good chili, because that's New Mexico. Michael Swickert here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company. You can hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. There are some unusual names of towns in New Mexico. An example, there's a town of Cleveland. No, not the one over, no, we have a Cleveland, New Mexico. It's located north of Las Vegas, New Mexico. At one time, it was called San Antonio Lo de Mora because it's in Mora County. But New Mexico was connected with President uh, Grover Cleveland. And I'm going to tell you about the connection in a moment. Cleveland, New Mexico was named in 1892 when it got its post office and was named for the 22nd and 24th president of the United States, Grover Cleveland, who was the only president so far to serve non-consecutive terms. Now, there are two interesting points. You know that George Washington, his picture is on the $1 bill. Thomas Jefferson is on the $2 bill. Abraham Lincoln on the $5 bill. Uh, let's see, Alexander Hamilton on the $10 bill, Andrew Jackson on the 20 Ulysses Grant on the 50 Ben Franklin on the 100 Well, those are the denomination of bills we use today. Well, did you know, and we don't use the $2 bill very much. I've got like eight or ten of them just because I've collected them. But there is the Grover. Did you know there was something called a Grover? It's a $1,000 bill. And not really used much, maybe in Las Vegas, Nevada, but not used much. And it had uh, Grover Cleveland's face on it, $1,000. While I have a, a few of the $2 bills, I have never, ever, ever had a Grover. And since that's $1,000, then, man, I don't think I could carry it around in my wallet. Now, there's another connection to Grover Cleveland and Cleveland, New Mexico, there's a town not that far away from Cleveland, New Mexico, more to the east, and it's named Folsom, New Mexico. It's in Union County, about eight miles north of Des Moines, New Mexico. Another way to think of it, it's about 30 miles east of Raton, New Mexico. It's been said that Folsom was named for Grover Cleveland's wife, Frances Folsom Cleveland. Now, she was very much younger than him, and she was the daughter of one of his law partners. And uh, they got married uh, in his first term as president. He had not been president. He had not been married. And so there's a lot of people who say that Folsom, New Mexico, was named to kind of make him feel better. You know, we had named it for his wife. Well... Let's just leave that thought as a nice, a romantic thought, and not mess with the story. You know, in Hollywood, they say, don't mess up a, a good story by telling the truth. So I'm going to leave it right there. 
Well, let's do a little more New Mexico history. On this date, or tomorrow, January 9th, on that date in 1852, the newly created Territory of New Mexico, it was created on the 9th of September 1850, but it, uh, that was when we were, uh, became a Territory of New Mexico. Now, they created the first counties because you had to have some designation within the entire state. The original nine counties were Bernalillo County, Doña Ana County, Rio Reba County, San Miguel County, Santa Ana County, Santa Fe County, Socorro County, Taos County, and Valencia County. Now, today, New Mexico has 33 counties, so there was obviously a lot of room to add some more counties. But there was also lots and lots of room in New Mexico. A lot of people don't realize this, but when New Mexico became a territory, uh, it actually went all the way from Texas to California. No, there was no Arizona, none whatsoever. That happened during the Civil War. So, And uh, so before it was divided, these counties were as large as some states, certainly the New England states, the, the, uh, the only county would be bigger than a couple of the states. Now, also, the area was a little nebulous. There weren't a lot of people out there saying, well, this is the part of this and this is the part of that. So the territory of New Mexico actually had originally, the original, had some of the present-day states of Nevada and Colorado and Utah, but it was another year before the Gadsden Purchase leveled the border uh, with Mexico and added uh, about 30,000 square miles to that area, some in what is now New Mexico and some in what is now Arizona. What happened was there was little taken here and a little taken there, and New Mexico shrank as parts of it was pulled off. And it was during the Civil War that Arizona was created. And in 1864, Lincoln decided to just go ahead and make it a state. And we're still, New Mexico is still the fifth largest state in the Union. So I don't know if in the old days we were really up there as far as how much size. But consider this. If you were living over there somewhere near Yuma, Arizona, and you had to go to the state capital, and that was still New Mexico, that trip to Santa Fe was, uh, well, it was weeks at best, uh, assuming the weather was okay. Might even have been longer. You may have said, I would like to talk to the people in Santa Fe, but I think I'll just write a letter. Michael Swickert here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico. Hit subscribe if you want to automatically get these. At this time in 1890, something important happened at the college that had just opened, the weather station started a systematic recording of weather data that has continued uninterrupted for 134 years. Now, why is watching the weather that important? Well, it's really important to the agricultural community, the researchers, to have research year by year, month by month, week by week, on rain, wind, sunshine, snow occasionally, and other weather details so they can compare the factors in commercial crops and even in herds. But uh, comparing the commercial crops, especially chili and pecans and things like that. That's chili with an I, 
not Texas chili with two eyes or chili like I'm in Minnesota and my coat isn't that warm. What you need to know is three things came together in southern New Mexico in just a matter of a few years that really changed our area here in southern New Mexico and all of New Mexico and made us the leader in agriculture in many areas of the southwest in the areas of chili, pecans, onions, cotton, and other commercially shipped crops. Now, one of two things, that, or three things that happened was that Fabian Garcia, I've done podcasts on him, you can find those, moved to our area, grew up in the Mesilla Valley, and was in the first graduating class of the college we now call New Mexico State University. After his graduation in 1894, he went to Cornell for a master's degree and returned to Las Cruces as a professor of agriculture and, as a little later, the head of the Agricultural Experiment Station. A team of researchers worked on chili to deal with many factors, and uh, I had great chili enchiladas this weekend. It's a testament to that research. Also, the Rio Grande project started to make Elephant Butte Dam. So besides having research on commercial crops, there was plenty of water to grow these crops commercially. One more thing was needed. The railroad came and later the interstate so that crops could get to market rapidly. So every day the weather group charts our weather. The researchers in agriculture work on commercial plants and animals, and transportation services get the crops to market quickly. And there is Hatch, New Mexico, the chili capital of the world. Now, the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces uh, sponsors these podcasts, and it's an honor to talk about their innovations in chili, salsa, and other great tasty products. You can look at what they have at freshchilico.com. That's just run it all together, freshchilico.com. I would also recommend they have a group of people sharing their recipes. You can join the Fresh Chili's cooking Facebook group where the members have shared many, many recipes. Right now, there's about 27,000 members in that group. Just so you know, I'm a member and I've posted a recipe. Now, it's uh, been a perfect weather for good sun-dried chili pasoli. All I have to say is yum to all of that. There's nothing better than good friends, good food, good stories, and having some of that best Hatch Valley chili. That's my little slice of paradise. This is Michael Swickard with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, brought to you by the Fresh Chili Company. Thank you for your time today. We'll always have a lot of news and stories about New Mexico on these podcasts. If you have something or someone you'd like me to write about, write to me, michael at freshchilico.com. That's michael at freshchilico.com. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, yes, and eat plenty of that good Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili's good, more is better, as long as it's Hatch Valley chili. Bye for now.